0: Thank you so much. Yes, to be free is to be your happy self. We don't trade ourselves in. God actually came to love us. And not only that, but the, you know, the gospel tells us that he came whilst we were in the worst place, whilst we were absolutely alienated from him, completely divorced from his mindset, not even looking for him. It said that Christ died for us, and he was looking to reconcile us. That's the message that we carry, is a message of reconciliation. Sadly, though, the reality is, I don't know how many of you have ever been put off going to church by Christians or even becoming a Christian. by some. None of you, of course, and not in an environment of this. No, no, this is a perfect place. But let's just be real people, right? I find um, there were people that I looked to when I was younger that impressed me, and I thought, "I, I would like that. Um, I, w- I would go to a very religious church as growing up. It was very ritualistic. And I remember seeing the sadness of the one man in the front doing everything. And I remember thinking, I don't relate to that. And I don't think that that looks like Jesus. I felt a little bit bad because everyone was so honoring. And I, I wanted to say it out loud. Like, I don't think this is it. But it's hard because you're a kid. who's going to listen to you, right? But we all have those things. We have those injustice is inside of us that we're longing for the reality of love. We're longing for the reality of who love is because that's our topic today, is how to grow up into love. How to grow up and not only just receive the spirit, but allow the spirit of love, which is who God is. God gave us of his own son, Jesus Christ, who was just like him. And then Jesus said, I'm going to give you my spirit, which is just like me. I lost Paracledos. One who will come alongside you, will come in you, will sit with you, will counsel you, will comfort you, will teach you all things, even things you've forgotten about. And that spirit of his love is the love that changes us emotionally. So we don't only grow up in our giftings, grow up in anointing, growing up understanding the Bible, quoting the Bible. (laughs) Some people quote the Bible like they're creating, you know, sushi. Chop, 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 and roll, 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 roll. Pick, 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 and it's like, package it, and it's, there we go. What's wrong with you? You're sad? Here's a little sushi package for you. And it's like chops, it's, it's so chop suey, kind of the way we've handled it out. And it lacks the, the cracked crevices of everything that we go through, which is everything that God loves about us. He said, He's put this treasure in jars of clay. So that we can show that it's not of us. That it's, there's going to be something that seeps in. Oil seeps in. Have you noticed how all the elements of Holy Spirit are sticky and messy? The new wine, it stains. When you drink it, what does it do to your insides? It stains your insides. This message, it says that we have a message of reconciliation. We have been made into letters. We read the red letters in the Bible, but actually it's written with his blood on the inside. He's come to make a change in every part of our body. So I'm kind of excited about this topic. I was a bit nervous at first. I thought, wow, I'm usually free to reign, but I actually really (laughs) dig this stuff, okay? This is really good, especially out of this kind of season that we've been on the planet, which has been nothing short of bewildering, (laughs) absolutely bewildering. It feels like we were all walking around counting the stars again. And just, you know, lost, lost our shoes, just all a little bit disorientated, walking around saying, well, at least we can count the stars. Remember Abraham. (laughs) So let's have a look at Luke. This is where the scripture comes from. We're going to um, read from Luke 10, from verse 25. And uh, before I start, I would love to minister to a couple of people as I speak. Is that okay? So every now and again, I'll name drop and um, we'll go there just in case you slip out. And I hate that feeling that it's too late, and you've gone, and I can't get to you. <laughs> but it's good to encourage people. So, um, Ava, are you, e- Evie, Evie Ev, Eva, I, I did so well in round one, right? <laughs> Ding! A three out of ten, but that's good. Um, are you? You are here. Can you just wave at me? Amazing. I was so deeply touched by your testimony yesterday, and um, I, I um, in some ways I kind of um, I felt like I could have said something to you before at the women's conference, but I kind of think it's cool that the family gets to hear um, an encouragement for you. But um, when, when I saw you, when I first met you, before I even heard you speak, you had these amazing puffer sleeves on, and I was like, wow, this girl rocks, and I felt this authority on you. Not having heard your story or anything, I just felt like God has put on you something that extends on either side of you, and it's a government of peace. Um, the Bible speaks about Jesus' government extending, and that the government of peace rests upon his shoulders. And I felt like, you know, puffer sleeves, you don't have to do anything for them to stand out there. They're just designed like that. And God has designed you to effortlessly, effortlessly carry peace. As a governing tool, I feel like wherever you go, before you even say anything, I believe that peace is on you. You're going to bring peace. It's going to be really powerful. I, I even saw a little kind of uh, a caption, you had captions that would be for households, like captions that would change atmospheres in homes. And you would clone phrases that God gives you, very simple phrases that we're just going to become like life mottos for people going, when you said that, I understood something. So God bless you with a spirit of wisdom and revelation of your whole family, that you would walk in this and that peace would govern you. The other thing I felt was that your house had the staining of the tribe of Asher. And the name Asher, Asher was one of the kids of uh, Jacob. He had 12 and it was one of the tribes. And the name Asher means happiness or joy. Um, It also means, you know, there also was a promise to Asher that wherever he goes, he'll leave that oil of joy. He'll leave the imprints of joy. And I felt like there was going to be so much joy in your house. That there was literally place and evidence, like where oil stains, where you would remember this is where we partied. This is where we danced. This is where we had that hilarious birthday and we had all our friends over. This is a house of joy. And I want to leave that with your house, with your household, and bless you for your diligence um, to what he gives you. Because you steward his love well. So bless you. Bless you with that. Yay. And if you like that word, you can take it. You can share it. Luke 10, 25, you go, so quiet. I suppose it's polite as well. Thank you. (laughs) Verse 25, it says, On one occasion, an expert in the law, mind you, stood up to test Jesus, because that's what they were used to doing. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then he was like, you know, (laughs) waiting to see what Jesus would say. He said, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But the teacher, but the expert in the law was wanting to justify himself. I underline certain things. Justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, And Jesus told them, "Go and do likewise." So, this story is about, and it didn't—it didn't happen. It was a story that was just being told. But the road from Jericho to Jerusalem was in seven, just over seven hours' walk. That's if you're fit, I think. And um, so, if you're walking briskly, seven hours—that's <laughs> a long time. And if you have to stop and water, you, you know, because, you know, when you're on a donkey, sometimes you're on the donkey, sometimes you're walking, you have to water the donkey, feed the animals, all of that. You don't go alone. It's not like, you you know, Chucky Chucky on like a marathon. It's like you had stuff to take with you. And that would take longer. It could take up to ten, 10 hours. So it's a long journey that this man was on. And nobody was going on this road because it was called the Way of Blood. It was known as a place where you could get knocked off your feet and treated like this man. So he chose a place that was dangerous to say, if you're in a dangerous place and this happens to you, look at the three different responses. And the priest, I mean, we all know the high priests were like kind of like at the top of the pile, making things a lot harder for everybody. Um, But the high priest was like the big, you know, the big honcho. He'd come in, everybody knew who he was. He was dressed differently, you know, cut above the rest. He had to be kind of perfect, and whenever he did a sacrifice, he would have to sacrifice not only for himself, but also not only for all the families that were kind of coming to him, but also for himself. So there's tremendous importance on this man, and he literally steps across and thinks, I haven't got time for this. Go on the other side. And the Levite, who is literally like the understudy. Levites are the understudies of the priests, right? That's what Levite means. It's like you're basically coming to learn. You're a servant of the priests, right? Yes, you can nod. It's allowed. Or you can shake your head and say, no, no, that's not it. No, not, not at all. No, it's fine. Do something, but it's all good. Um, so the Levite did the same thing. What did he do? He passed him on the other side as well. The Samaritan stops and he sees him. Now, a Samaritan, the word actually means guardianship. And I love that. I feel like when there is something of guardianship in you, you see things differently. And the Samaritan, of all people, came to where the man was and he saw him and took pity on him. And he went and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, which would have been precious because he's also on the journey for seven to ten hours. So now he's spending what he has on this somebody who's needing it. And he put the man on his own donkey, so now he's got to walk. And it's awkward. Have you ever put a man who can't sit on a donkey on a donkey? Just imagine it. You probably haven't. But if you have, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But I imagine things. Because I don't have donkeys to practice on. But I imagine... And I think, okay, this is awkward, the body, I mean, you've seen movies, you don't know how to keep the body on, and then the butt's falling off, and you hoist them back on, they don't really have proper trousers, so it's awkward, the, the wrap, whatever he's wrapped him in, the extra wrap or the blanket, it's f- sliding off, and parts of him is exposed, so you've got to wrap him again, push him on, like, crikey, this is a hard work. So it's, you know, it's not a, like a walk in the park, it's not like, put, put him in the back of your ute, and you're going to bump all the way there, it's not like that, it was, really terribly inconvenient and not only that he's on the same way of blood it's endangering his life too because now he's slower he's inconvenienced and he's got less wine less oil and he's about to be two days less two days work less money sometimes people say i don't want to do that it's going to cost me a day's work i'm like "Well, so what (laughs) let it cost you like we're so worried about the cost i think about christ and he gave everything he, he keeps giving me everything. It's not like he just did it once. He, he did once and for all for all my sins. But after that, he's given me everything else. You know, I don't go to him and say, oh, I've sinned again and again. It's like we're past that point. Do you know? I mean, we hope that we're just not going around sinning the whole time. So we, sorry is like this thing. I always tell people there's a difference between repentance and sinning. And, and, and asking forgiveness. Asking forgiveness, we ask people forgiveness because we've done wrong. But repentance means I really don't want to keep doing this wrong because I don't want to hurt you. This is what emotional intelligence is all about, is us growing and developing the muscles that God has given us in our inner being, in our innermost being. He has set us up for us to succeed. This was just an example. He wasn't saying to us, you've got to become just like the Samaritan. He was saying, actually, you're going to become even better than that. This story is just a template. But you're going to follow me. Because you see, the Levite was just following after what the priest was doing. But the guardianship was a sign of what was coming. That Christ, who brought the wine to the table and said, this is my cup, the cup of the new covenant. And this is my body. This is the bread that's broken for you. That'll be my body broken. That'll be me in the way of blood, with blood dripping off me. Because that's what I'm going to do for you. That's what he was prophesying about. He was prophesying because all of the law and the prophets were hanging on that one thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor. So how the heck are we supposed to do that unless we are loved ourselves? I find the most loving people are the people that are loved. Loved people love people. We've all heard that saying, right? Hurt people hurt people. And hurting people keep hurting people. And it's, it's like, poof, it's not rocket science. We just go, I wonder why that's happening again. Like, duh. <laughs> you're probably doing that same thing because you're not attending to what's happened to yourself. Maybe you're lying on the side of the road and need to get some help. Bless you. And this bless you is now for everybody else who's going to follow His sneezes. <laughs> you know, an interesting thing happened uh, after my father died. He died just before... Um, COVID hit Italy, because that kind of hit Milan and went crazy. My dad was in Rome, and we'd been to see him, said goodbye to him, and there was closure. And he died shortly after that. But after he died, I had this unreasonable anger that rose up in my life that was nothing short of just ridiculous. And I had to really deal with that. And I I checked myself into counseling to learn. And I began to learn some such valuable things on how to Mature and give myself space and ask for help. You know, when we're hurting, we don't always know how to ask for help. We expect people to read our minds. Listen to these different levels of maturity. There are a few different um, levels. There is a child, the emotional child. The emotional, there's the emotional baby. (laughs) This is a fun one. So they can't speak, you know, emotional babies just cry, they just, they just wail, you just have to run to them immediately, you have to drop everything, because they're just continuously, well, they, have, they don't know what else to do. They can be tyrants, they can be very intimidating, manipulative, and everything is wrapped up in them, all right, so you can't, it's almost like narcissistic needs. I mean, a baby, you can understand, but when an adult is an emotional baby, it's exhausting, right, because you've got to drop everything, run, and now you've got, you know, you've poopy diapers, all that stuff. So, <clears throat> always looking for others to take care of them, etc. They have great difficulty entering into the world of others. Well, you can't. You can't expect a baby to look after other people. And they use others as objects to meet their own needs. So, when you understand that's where people are at, you don't judge them so harshly, but you can help. And you can also go for help if you think, I'm a baby. And in certain areas, you might, be, you might have actually more developed areas of understanding than say what you would have had in other areas. And in one area of my life, I just felt like I just hadn't quite grown up and I needed some help. The emotional child, they communicate, but they're still reliant on others. For example, they aren't picked for the football team and they'll get angry and act out of their feelings instead of articulating and discussing. And I was like this. I was an emotional child in a certain area. And so going for help really helped. People go, did you go to a Christian psychologist? I'm like, when you need green vegetables, do you go to a Christian grocery do you have to find – seriously, you know, you know what I do want to do? I want to go to a skilled psychologist. I don't want... Do you understand? Do you know your stuff? Are you a Christian surgeon? Well, it would be nice if you were, but I just want to know, do you really know how to cut and get the thing out? Like, that's all I want to know. Are you good at what you do? Sorry, I mean, that's just <laughs> – They unravel quickly from stress. They, they have drop words. Now we have words like, I'm self-caring, um, I, I don't have capacity, I'm overwhelmed, all of those. That's great. Now you're in this position, let's get some help and let's find some tools. Because there are ways we can grow, really. I remember the best thing my counselor told me is, emotions is like an avalanche, but it's not you. You aren't the avalanche. They're just big feelings that are rising up over you and looming, and they threaten to kill you. But he says, Just look at that avalanche and just go, You're just feelings and emotions, but you are not me. I promise you, she's not even a believer. She's fascinated by my encounters. I told her I became a Christian, and she's absolutely stunned. She says, I've never heard anything like this. And so we're having a great old time. Okay, I'm moving on, moving on, so that I can finish this. They complain, withdraw, become sarcastic when they don't get their way. We've all heard about that. What's it called Uh, when you are passive-aggressive? Ooh. That's really part of this emotional child thing. And I was doing it a lot. And my kids would say, Mom, that's passive-aggressive. No, it isn't, which is really evidence that you are. (laughs) The stronger the denial, the more you justify. Ooh. When you justify, you're underlining your problem. You're highlighting it going, I have a problem. Justification of oneself means you have a problem. And to the to the depths of your self-protection, so great are your problems. You know, I I used to, <laughs> I used to joke and say you can actually with some people you can as you get near them, you can hear the locks starting. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. I said, what a threat I must be <laughs> that you have to defend yourself so strongly. What about an emotional adolescent? They generally rebel against parental authority to find themselves in reaction to others. You know them by what they're marching against. That's great, but you're still adolescent Let's grow up out of that let's 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 add let's get some that's fluff, but you want real core tissue. you want to really know how to love you've got to learn to be loved. There is a fear in being treated as a child, so they're constantly pushing. They love their parents one day and then hate them the next, black and white. These kind of adults can't give without feeling resentful. They keep score. I gave you a birthday gift. You owe me one. I did this for you. You owe me. There's always a score being kept. And they deal with conflict poorly, becoming preoccupied with themselves. They're critical and judgmental. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I look at all these, and I've been all of that. So this is not me preaching at you. This is us saying, these are really helpful tools for us to look at life, and it's not navel gazing, it's actually saying, Wow, maybe I need to go for some counsel, maybe I need to be when I'm in my life group, be a little more vulnerable, or with my spouse, or with my with a parent, or with a friend, a school, a colleague, something. But an emotional adult, this is what we're all aiming for. We appreciate people for who they are, not for what we can get from them. You ask when you need something and you want, and you prefer when you want or prefer, and you're clear and direct and respectful when you do it, and you're honest. You respect people, and you respect their boundaries. If someone says, I've got five minutes to talk, and then you talk for 15, you're over, you know, but actually when you go, you've got, only got five minutes, we're not going to talk about this now. What we're going to do is we make a little date, and we'll talk about that then, because I probably need an hour. You're just, you honour people's um, boundaries. When you can say when you're under stress, but you can also say, "I might not be able to do this now, but I could do this later." I remember I used to answer text straight away and go, "I can't do this," um, you know, I'd, and then tell them, overtell everybody everything I was doing, almost to justify like why I was so busy and why I couldn't do this extra thing that they were asking me to do. Instead of just going, "I'm going to deal with it now," I'm an adult. I'll answer it tomorrow when I've got time to be really gracious without making giving people the bills for my stress. How do we grow up into this? And I have five minutes. Accepting the past. Hey, all of us have got history. Some of it more messy than others. But it's okay. I don't believe we have to learn how to unravel a ball of wool. Or those of you that travel with accessories that are fine jewelry. You just sit there and you go, I can't wear any of this. It's all a big ball. And in order to unravel things, you actually have to allow the oil in. And the oil is accept that God has already accepted you. If you don't believe that God has accepted you, you will never accept yourself. Because he's greater. And so every time you yield to the greater one, you allow him. So everything that you learn of guardianship is, who is your great God? He is your great God. He's come from behind you. He's on the side of you. He's in front of you. He's on the inside. He's your greatest protection. You don't have to protect yourself from the love of God. When you allow him in, you accept and you know, and you ever able, when you accept yourself, you actually accept other people have a history too. And instead of holding them, you know, you let yourself off a debt. If you let yourself off debts, it's likely you're going to let people off too. The kinder you are to yourself, the kinder you'll be to other people. This is actually so simple, right? You accept yourself. Don't take yourself too seriously. On this account, I actually do okay. On number two, I do all right. Because I, I try and make fun of myself <laughs> before I leave the house i'm just going that's actually really funny that's hilarious you that's funny and and that's part of not taking ourselves so seriously because when you do you expect everybody else to take you seriously and sometimes we just actually need to take the mickey out of ourselves and understand that life is funny and life is easier when it's funny so accept yourself and remember that we can only love ourselves love others as much as we love ourselves so I do a little thing at home, and I, I say things over myself. And one of the things, that's one of the things we also learn in counseling is that, you know, sometimes people come to us with problems, and um, they'll say, well, I just hate myself, and I just do this, I do that. Now fix me. I'm like, I can't fix you. You've got to fix you. Because I'm going to tell you you're amazing. You're going to go home, and you're going to undo everything I say. So this is your project. You've got to own this now. Own this self-hatred. And go home and say... And, and, you know, you might find you do that, you leave something out or you didn't do something at work and you go, I'm so stupid. I'm always so forgetful. You know how we do that? And just go, hang on, I don't have to be that. How about I just say, sometimes I forget things, but actually I'm getting better at this. It's so simple, but I tell you, it works a charm. Because I noticed that the more I was like that towards myself when people forgot things, I went, you know what, I do the same. But every time I was harsh on myself, every time somebody else forgot something, I'm like, how could you? You know why? Because I was doing that to myself. When you love yourself, you love others. Genius stuff. It's amazing, isn't it? Lastly, no, third to last, we accept God. Accept our acceptance. (laughs) That's like the biggest point, right? But I, I I believe you've all accepted God. When you accept Christ, you accept the greatest one, and he's the acceptor. And you accept others as you have been accepted. So let's end on this. And I, um, there are a couple more people that we're going to prophesy after we've um, released the meeting when I hand over to Catherine. So Amy, I'd love, I have a word for you too. But, um, and Joe, Joe Taylor. Um, but... Um, Just to wrap up, we are in the way of blood right now on the planet. We are. We're on the road, and we're flanked by all kinds of needs. And some of us who maybe have empathized too much with everything, you kind of need a break. I love what David Tenson says. says. He's able to say, it's not that I don't care, it's that I can't care right now. There are some things I can't care, like when you're going through deep trauma about loss of a parent or something's happened. Yeah, I remember turning around and seeing a cancer. Somebody was, uh, you know, no, they'd gone, just gone through cancer, and I'd had nothing to give them. And I felt the Lord say, "It's okay. You can't care right now. Don't be so hard on yourself. But look for the opportunity that you you can cope with, because God is reaching out to you in all kinds of ways. And sometimes just saying a prayer as you go past a simple prayer of saying, in the name of Jesus, I release peace to this family. Amen. And then it's done. It's not a token thing, but you give what you have. The Samaritan didn't say, I can't put this guy up for a month. But he thought, I've got enough to put him up for two days. And when I've gone and sold my merchandise, whatever, I'll have enough money to reimburse for anything else. You see, don't wait till you've got this amazing capacity. Give what you can. And be honest about what you can't. But don't just make a big blanket thing of like, I feel overwhelmed and I can't. I can't do anything. I can't volunteer. I can't do anything. I'm just overwhelmed. Deal with that overwhelming and think, well, I can give that. I can give this. I can do. I can. And allow the guardian who is God himself, the lover of your soul. He loves everything about you. Think about that every day. Every day when I wake up, I think, I am so loved. I don't get out of bed until I tell myself, you're the most loved you could possibly be. As you get out this bed, that's who you walk out as, the most loved human. And I do the same when I go to bed. I am the most loved human. Instead of thinking, oh, he doesn't understand me. She didn't get it. They didn't do it. The kids didn't. I go, I am the most loved I could possibly be. Because that's what he's done for us. If he's given us his son, won't he also give us all things with him? Amen. Thank you. Yeah. do you Mr. No? okay, great. Amy, I was so touched also by your story. And I, I feel like you have this beautiful legacy of joy. I feel like you are carrying joy. I think your child is going to uh, start the slipperies. It's almost like the, what do you call it here, the flying fox? Do you have that? There's a flying fox, but there's also a thing in summer where you pour water on those Slippery slide. Okay, same as us. That's what we call it as well. Slippery slide. and um, But that's what I felt. I felt like the squeal of joy is what you're carrying. And it's going to be something that uh, is throughout your house, throughout your legacy. It's going to be ridiculous joy. Joy like you've never experienced. Like joy, multiplied joy. The other thing that I felt and I saw was you were walking through a star. I said, Lord, I've never seen anyone walk through a star. What's that? And I felt the Lord say, Well, the stars are named. And Amy was named before she was born. And you were walking into a dimension of the supernatural that was from before time. And you were going to see some fulfillment in your life of stuff that had been spoken about before. Even while you were still in the womb, you were fulfilling it. And there was such joy. I heard the stars sing. I heard the stars sing. You know, if you listen to the sound of stars, it's magnificent. If you Google it, they actually have a, a vibration. And I felt like that's kind of what was come, coming out of your life. As you minister to people, just who you are, how you are, with your child, flopped over your arm, because I feel like you're going to be the most chilled mom. It's, you know, as the babies are dangling you know, from one foot, I feel like you're going you're to release otherworldly capacity. You never have to try. You never have to try any harder and be anything else other than that you are because you are magnificent. You are truly magnificent. So God bless you. Oh, Joe. Gosh, thank you for curing me. Joe Taylor. You know, yes, when they, when they said uh, your hotel is booked into Joe Taylor, I thought it must be a bloke. I was like, Joe Taylor. I was looking forward to meeting Joe Taylor. I wonder who this person is. And then they said, that's her. And I thought, well, it kind of... You know, there's something so general about you. You're a general. You're, you're a no-nonsense person. And I think sometimes people misunderstand the fact that you don't bend down and go coochie, coochie, coo under people's chins. But actually, the reality is, is that you're trained to do a particular job and it's, it's formidable, it's amazing, it's fierce, and it's strong. You are a warrior. And I feel like there's something in you that you, um, you, you release that to a team, on a team dimension. People actually get courage just by standing next to you. They feel like, yeah, I can do this. And so be, be that and let and let that out and, and, ch- and champion people for that in their lives because that is what you bring in them. It's like when they come about you, they want to get fit as well. You know, it's true. Like you just go, hey, this is amazing. And they compare notes. And I know people, again, can misunderstand it. They've done that to me too. They go, oh, why are you so this? Why are you so particular? I'm like, well, I'm on a mission. I want to do something. I have to do certain things in order to stay fit in order to be able to move and dance and do the things I do. And that's what that's what you do, but you do it well, Joe. Well done. I feel like the commendation of God on your life. And I felt like there was going to be this extra layer of grace. I saw this layer of grace coming on you that it was going to ease up the tired shoulders and tired muscles and stuff where you just think, I wish there were other people that thought like I did. You know, and I felt like God was saying share your mind with others. Share your mind with others and tell them how you got there. Show them how you got there. said, when I was that, I did that, that, and that. That really helped me. Because I feel like you're also somebody, you're not cookie-cutting others, but you're putting into them something as formidable as what's in you in order for them to stand strong. I feel like the teams you have here are going to be spoken about in New Zealand. They already speak well of you all, and I, I'm going to boast about you guys. I feel so privileged to have been in this atmosphere and with people who just love doing things so well. So God bless you. And Jonathan, I feel like there's a new season on your life as well. And I mean, I could wait till tonight or why can I just do it now? I feel like there's a new, um, new, you know, I don't even know if it's a new season. I feel like it's a, here's what I saw. You know when you get a brand new MacBook and that thin paper and you go, and that thin paper comes off. That's the excitement that I felt in heaven was like, it's like a brand new Mac. And I felt the Lord say, there are some things that you dream about that haven't even been designed yet. And there there are apps that you think, this would just so help our lives. They haven't been designed yet. There are things that I feel that are in you that God wants to allow you to access and speak out and work, uh, work with others to even create. I feel like it's not beyond you to even create the beginnings of something that you think, this would be amazing, this would help people. You are somebody who makes a way for others. And I feel like this time God is opening up the package and He's making a way for you. He's making a way for you, Jonathan. I feel like you'll have a greater, a stronger definition about what it is that's inside of you. Not what you want to see done, but what's inside of you. Why is it that you like things done a certain way? Why is it that you're dreaming of a certain thing? And where there's been a lack of language to understand that, I feel like there's this, the way of the blood is being stretched out for you and there is the way of christ he's going to give you a language for that you're going to open the package and people are going to download so i'll leave that with you